0: This is the Incremental Gains Podcast, helping you to improve on yesterday, every day. This episode is brought to you by Maximum Edge CIC. Maximum Edge CIC works alongside communities to build relationships with people and organisations to identify common concerns and help provide workshops of informal learning, which will help to increase lifestyle management. And the development of personal relationships. For more information go to www.maximumedge.org.uk This is the first episode in a series of episodes on what we would consider core life skills. The first topic I want to discuss is how to deal with anxiety. Now the aim of this isn't to get rid of the anxieties altogether, only to understand and enable you to manage them better. After all, a little anxiety or stress can be helpful It's a natural reaction in certain situations. At certain points during this podcast, I'm going to ask you to pause the recording, as some of the points may require deeper thought, or I may ask you to carry out an exercise. What is anxiety? The Oxford Dictionary defines it as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. I would agree with this. It's the uncertain outcome. In other words, worrying about the future. Worrying about an event that's not happened yet. If you notice, you never worry or get stressed about the past. People worry that that the past may catch up with them. But that's still worrying about how it may catch up with you in the future. Anxiety and stress is brought on by allowing that thought to manifest and become a whole invented version of reality. A version of reality that was totally fabricated inside your mind. Very often, this version of events that we make up is never actually really as bad when it's played out in real time. Just stop the podcast and think about that for a few seconds. Symptoms of anxiety. You may not be aware of what the symptoms of anxiety are and how they affect you personally. What we tend to do is go straight to the thoughts. We live inside our head. We actually ignore what goes on inside our bodies. We take that awareness away from our bodies and we go straight to our head. We ignore how our bodies react increased heart rate, nausea, sweating, faster breathing, and that's just to name a few. We're going to look at the mental symptoms that we call thought patterns in the next section, but we also display behavioural symptoms, avoidance, shyness, aggression. All these are just masks, masking the emotion that is anxiety and stress, but we display it in a different way. Causes of anxiety. Our anxiety is generally caused by life events, and it's how we perceive these events, our thoughts about these events, and the self-talks surrounding them. We can manage stress and anxiety in small doses. For example, giving a speech, moving house, driving test, changing jobs. They're all difficult to handle in themselves, but we learn to manage our emotions and our feelings when stress is in small doses. The problem comes when we deal with multiple events at the same time. This is generally known as life. We've not learned the skills or the awareness. We don't know how our bodies react. So when it becomes chronic, it's when multiple events happen at the same time, stress and anxiety starts taking over your life, it becomes chronic and that's when problems start to appear. Overthinking is also a massive cause of anxiety. We'll cover this more later on, but as you'll discover, your thoughts really do shape your reality. From an evolutionary standpoint, take away the label anxiety. Get rid of that word, and just look at the symptoms involved. Heart rate increases, so your muscles getting more blood. Your breathing gets faster, so you have more oxygen pumping around your body. You start to sweat. All this does is it's your body regulating its own temperature, keeping you cool. Adrenaline kicks in. This prepares you for fight or flight. It heightens reaction times and inhibits pain sensors. Now this reaction, had massive benefits, when the daily risk of being eaten by a predator was a real danger. The trouble is, our limbic brain, also known as the reptilian brain, it's not evolved from the hunter-gatherer times when we were tribes, and the danger of getting eaten was a real threat. So replace lions, tigers, and other apex predators with traffic, replace it with bosses, replace it with confrontation, and replace it with sports, And you can start to see how in these situations, the same symptoms we would have shown hundreds of thousands of years ago are maybe not that helpful in our environment today. We can only control our reaction to anxiety and stress as it's ingrained in our DNA. It's part of what's helped us evolve and get to where we are now as a species. What drives anxiety? The mind is a major player when we talk about what fuels anxiety, what anxiety feeds off and it feeds off negative thoughts and self-talk. The main fuel is fear of failure, fear of letting someone down, fear of looking stupid, and the fear of fear itself. Again, when we look at our ancestors, the key to survival would have been to remain part of the tribe. And anything that jeopardized that, it affects our ability to survive. We cannot survive without that support network. Yes, it all sounds dramatic, but our basic needs, are to be part of a group, or to be made to feel part of the group. Now fast forward hundreds of thousands of years, and we still fear the same things, but without the same consequences. We're so hung up on failure that we rarely step out of our comfort zone for the fear of not being accepted by our peers and being thrown out of our group. This is not a life or death scenario. Maybe back in the hunter-gatherer days, this was life or death, because we could not survive on our own. That does not apply in today's society. We need to adopt a growth mindset. As children, we learn by failing. We learn to walk by falling constantly. We gain more feedback by failing than when we actually succeed. MMA coach John Kavanagh has a wonderful ethos that he lives by, and it's win or learn. We don't win or lose. We never lose. We never lose if you can learn from your perceived failures. What's the worst case scenario? If you can learn and grow from it, embrace that learning. This is a growth mindset. If you prepare to the best of your ability and you still do not reach your goal, from this point, I'm not gonna use the word failure because we don't fail. If you learn from it, you don't fail. You continue to grow. How can you let anyone down if you've prepared to the best of your ability? Fear of looking stupid relates to our ego. Again, we could have a whole other podcast on ego, and we will at some point. The ego is an accumulation of the events that have happened in your life, which you've deleted, distorted and generalised, to fit in with the stories that you use to define yourself as a person. Just pause the podcast and think about that for a moment. All we are really in control of when you boil it down objectively is our thoughts and our actions. You've probably never thought about it before, you control what thoughts you react to yes we all have negative thoughts at one time or another but how many others A are aware of these thought patterns and B we choose not to act on that thought we don't give it fuel we don't give it energy William Shakespeare famously said there is no good or bad but thinking makes it so we put the labels on the events it's how we perceive those events And once we give it a label, the event becomes that label. It's all about perception. Change your perspective. Ask yourself a better question. How can I grow from this situation? And what's it taught me? After all, all you can control are your thoughts and your actions. Mindset is a choice. Everything else is out of your control. So why get stressed or anxious over it? I'm throwing a lot of quotes out there, but at the end of the day, they don't mean a thing without action and repetition. Knowledge is nothing without actually applying it. It's like working out. It takes time. It requires work and reps. It also requires the right, the right fuel. What you put in your body, what influences are you taking on a daily basis? What books are you reading? What television are you watching? What are you listening to? Who do you have around you? Who do you hang around with? All these influence you and influence the stories that you make up in your mind as to who you are. Again, your ego that manifests itself in your perception, your model of the world. How to manage anxiety. The key to managing it is to understand it more. That's what we're trying to do here. Understand how it affects you physically, mentally and in your behaviour. Now we're going to explore in a little bit more detail what we mean by thought patterns. So what I want you to do is in a notepad or a piece of paper, or simply just take some time out to think about this. Write down a situation in your life when you've felt anxious or worried. Or an event coming up in your future that you feel worried about. Then write down the symptoms that you had physically, so nausea, heart beating fast, pumping out of your chest, feeling hot, feeling flushed. Now write down how that affected your thoughts. What was your thought patterns? What was what was the thought traffic going on in your mind? Did you feel sick? Did you feel feel angry? Now write down how that affected your behavior. Was you avoiding certain scenarios? Was you being overly aggressive? Was you being overly twitchy? And then how how did that affect the way you feel? Did you go to feeling confused? Or did you just feel more angry? Or did you feel embarrassed? Just pause the recording and spend a few minutes doing this. Now notice how all these aspects are interconnected. Thoughts affect behaviour. Which affects feelings which then affects your physical symptoms, your physiology. This then in turn affects your thoughts, which in turn affects your feelings. It's a cycle. It's hard to get out of that cycle as well. But we all experience these unhelpful thought patterns. So let's explore a few more of these. Mind reading. My boss thinks I'm stupid. So you're trying to mind read what your boss is thinking. Negative focus. We always look for negatives. And we always look for evidence to support the negatives. Catastrophizing. Always thinking of the worst possible outcome. Should thinking. Always thinking what we should have done. I should have done this. I should have done that. And generalisation. Everyone's going to laugh at me. Everyone will think I'm stupid. Everyone's looking at me. These are just a few of the thought patterns that we fall into. And they add to the stress and anxiety. So from the previous exercise... You've written down your thoughts. Try and match them up to some of these examples that I've given you so you get a better understanding of maybe where your thought patterns lie and what your thought patterns are. Now, I'm going to use an exercise that we use in CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. The name isn't important. However, I have used this technique with great benefit. Now using that same event that you're worried about or felt anxious about? or use a completely different scenario, write down what happened and how it made you feel and what thoughts were revoked. Now if you've got more than one thought, give each thought a score out of 10, so 10 being how powerful it was, so 10 if it was a really powerful thought and 1 if it wasn't so powerful. Now whichever thought had the highest score, I want you to write down all the evidence, all the reasons why you felt like this. So for example, if you're thinking of a public spe- if you're thinking of public speaking, the evidence may be that you look stupid, everyone's gonna laugh at you, you may fluff your words or choke up, maybe the last time you spoke in public it was a disaster. Now what I want you to do, for every reason that you put down to support that thought, I want you to write down a counter-argument. So like they would do in a court of law, write down a counter-argument for why then thoughts For why then thoughts are inaccurate. So it may be, well I'm going to prepare the speech to the best of my ability. No one's going to laugh at me as they're all there to support me. I'll have a backup of my speech so if I do forget the words I can refer to it. You may have spoken before, so what can you learn from the last experience to bring into this one for it to work? If you delivered the material before, you know what you're talking about, you know your stuff. was going to tell a friend and advise a friend and give them advice what would you say i would say that well i'm there to listen to you you're the one who's doing the speaking you know what you're talking about i'm there to learn from you this is a powerful way of challenging your thoughts now this isn't to squash the feelings of anxiety altogether it's to give you a more balanced perspective more balanced view as to why you're feeling these kind of feelings and to help you control them a little bit more if you get into the habit of carrying out this technique it allows you to differentiate between what is opinion and what is fact. And again, get in that balanced view. With enough practice, you'll be able to start doing this mentally, without needing to write it down on a piece of paper. You take a mental pause, take an objective view, look at your feelings from a different perspective, and look at the counter-arguments. Stop that dance in the mind. Stop that thought manifesting. Just take a few minutes to carry out this exercise. Relaxation. When we look at relaxation, I'm not talking about sleeping or taking a nap, although these these can be very relaxing. It's more subjective than that. It's what you do that enables you to recover, regroup, reset, or take a time out. For example, some people may take physical activity, and that may help them to relax. It sounds counterintuitive, but you go for a long run or go in the gym, smash some weights, and that re-energises you, that recalibrates you. Brings you back to a level playing field. Some people may like to play an instrument. Psychologists talk about flow states. Where your awareness is so tuned into the task at hand. You're completely in the moment. You're not thinking about what's happened in the past. And you're not worrying about the future. You are present. How much time do you set aside for yourself? Not talking about sitting in front of the TV. With Facebook and YouTube and all that. Or doing them all at the same time. I mean properly relaxing. Whether that's taking a walk in nature. Or simply sitting by yourself. And just breathing. With no distractions. Now mindfulness is very popular at the moment. And it is a form of meditation. And I know meditation is such a loaded term. You have all the connotations. Of religion. Sitting in full lotus. Shaving your head. All that kind of stuff. But it doesn't have to be like that. Meditation is having that present moment awareness. So simply just concentrating on your breath, being present, being in that flow state. Scientific studies show that it helps reduce anxiety and stress. I do recommend you look further into this topic on mindfulness, and I will put some links to further reading in the show notes. Visualisation also helps reduce anxiety by picturing a scenario and painting a positive picture mentally of the outcome that you want. There's various ways of doing this a technique used in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, all the different senses you have visual, audio, kinesthetic, gustatory, olfactory, the way you input information, you can use these as tools when visualising. So for example, when you picture in your mind's eye a certain scenario, what is the colour in your mind? What colour is the picture in your mind? What sounds are in the image? What smells are in the image? How does it feel if you're touching someone in the image? How does it feel? How does it feel on your skin? How does it feel with the wind in your face? All these things act as anchors to that scenario that you're painting in your mind. And it's very powerful. There are loads of different ways of relaxing, and it requires some work on your part to discover what works for you. But the point I want to get across is how much time do you allocate for yourself during a day or during a week. Take an objective look at how much time you spend for you. I talk about depth of time and length of time. Depth of time refers to how productive you are in that period. You may have four hours in a day but again, spend it all in front of the TV or on Facebook or go down that rabbit hole on YouTube. This is not relaxing and it doesn't relieve stress. However, 20 minutes, a fraction of that time, or 30 minutes playing an instrument, 20 minute walk or even a 10 minute journal entry is a far more productive use of time and enables you to relax. Like I said at the beginning of this, We're trying to understand anxiety so we can manage it and have a more balanced view. Mike Tyson's coach, Cus once said, Fear is like fire. It can cook your food, but it can also burn your house down. So there it is, how to deal and understand anxiety. I'd recommend that you read deeper into some of the topics we've discussed in this episode. Again, I'd put further reading in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode and gain something from it. If you are confusing, that's good. Confusion precedes learning. So we'll see you next time on the Incremental Gains Podcast.